Hey everybody, welcome back to Studio HFL. I'm Larry Powell, your host for this podcast. I'm glad you're back for another interview. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is made possible by the generous support of my new co-sponsor, Messina Covers. David and Erica design and deliver both high-quality customer service and products, both standard and custom. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And Messina is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-A-C-O-V-E-R-S. They offer their support through Patreon. Patreon is a funding platform where you can offer your financial support to this podcast, and your help will go towards hosting, production, and marketing fees. There are several tiers of support offered, and you can check out how you'd like to support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also offer support by providing comments and a rating on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you'd like to receive news regarding interviews, new guests, access to Studio HFL merchandise, please subscribe to the newsletter by going to www.powellmusic.net and click on the subscribe to newsletter link. And of course, Powell Music, P-O-W-E-L-L-M-U-S-I-C dot net. And now, on with the interview. No promises. Good. No requests. Just lay Good. it on me. How do you like living in the, the hills of Tennessee? Well, I I'm enjoying Tennessee bit by bit more than I thought I would. I mean, there was a time when I first moved there and I bought a 1994 Ford 350 pickup with a <laughs> high-powered diesel engine and huge, I mean, this thing did everything but take off and explode. <laughs> and I'm driving along with my cowboy hat on, my dark glasses and my cowboy boots being a cowboy. I'm driving <laughs> along and I'm looking around and I'm saying, what in the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and I think that's when you, you start to take stock and say, well, maybe this is better than I thought it was, mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. I don't know. Yeah, such a night and day atmosphere, though, from uh, out west and down south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But you like it? I, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. So I, I don't. The things about it I don't like, uh, but. Um, by and large, I'd say it's a good place. Yeah. I think it's beautiful down that way. Yeah. I live it up up in Indiana where it's nothing but cornfields and uh, kind of boring. Well, see, I'm, I'm really more um, <clears throat> versed toward the far west. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in eastern Oregon, and there's only a few trees where I was born and raised. <laughs> In in somehow water gone on on a very dried out area, and these big locust trees are there. Mm-hmm. And it's all very beautiful, and you ride for a few minutes, and all of a sudden you think, "Am I ever going to see another tree? <laughs> Does it ever rain here?" Yeah. <laughs> and 
it's like anything else. I think you got to get used to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Tennessee is your home for now. And by the way, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Sorry I missed it. I, I told you yesterday. I Sorry I wasn't there to light your candles uh, on your cake for you. But so um, you were at my conference a couple of years ago yeah. at the University of Indianapolis. And you said something in, in uh, the master class that really, it meant a lot. And you talked about the state of trumpet and to hear how energized and excited you were for uh, the trumpet world and you know here we are at ITG and and to see and hear all these great players um, so I wanted to thank you for that I think a lot of people appreciated that hearing from Doc that you you like what you see and you like what you hear yes and in a selfish way part of it's when I think of what the trumpet has done for me mm -hmm. I had to do something for the trumpet my father is a teacher, Benny Baker is a teacher, and great opportunities that happened to come my way. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how that all happened, but it did happen, and um, I feel grateful for it. Yeah. Well, those are people that taught you and inspired you, and you're still inspiring a lot of people with this. Well, I don't know. I Oh. I... I guess I I hope so. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm I'm not a, a healer or a, um, I don't ha think I have solutions to much of anything, <laughs> including embouchure. Yeah. If I could just get this figured out and make these thousands of little cells and tissues go where I want them to go mm -hmm. and sound the way I want it to sound. I would be satisfied with that. Well, you might not be a healer, but you've done a lot in, uh, you know, we're sitting here looking at uh, these trumpets that you've had a, a hand in developing, right, with the, the Shires yeah, and building some great product. I mean, I think that's pretty good contribution. I mean, all these years of, of trying different things and, uh, I mean, these horns are fantastic. And this is our shameless plug for Shires, by the way. What? This is our shameless plug for... Oh, well, <laughs> no, you know, n none of us need a plug. That's the truth of the matter. Um, you have opportunities that come your way, and uh, it's kind of, what are you going to do about it? And somehow through the fact that I was playing trumpet, and I had a great teacher, I don't say that he got great results with me, Mm -hmm. but he did the best he could. And somewhere along the way, I became very mm, overly interested in what makes a trumpet tick mm -hmm. besides the player. Mm -hmm. And what are the inert things that are involved that I could do something to make a better trumpet? I, I really wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And when you come along with an idea like that, you're just setting yourself up for people who are going to take advantage of you and then <laughs> kick you out when they're through with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I was at that point, uh, and somebody, Lee Walkowitz, who was with the uh, big music store in, in Washington, <clears throat> 
Um, and he says, I, I had occasion to call him while I was ordering a, a piccolo trumpet. Why, I don't know. <laughs> but I, he says, I hear you're not going to be making trumpets anymore. I said, well, you know, I kind of know what I want. I know exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And I go and people say, oh, sure, we can do that. Mm -hmm. Anything you want. And then they, they, they're they deceitful. They don't do anything they say they're going to do. They don't give you the opportunity to make what you want. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm just fed up with it. Enough's enough. Mm -hmm. Maybe in, in another lifetime. Who knows? <laughs> And he said, well, you know, you've done real well so far. You've made some really kind of nice trumpets. And he suggested, you know, you ought to go talk to Steve Shires. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, you, do you know him? I said, well, no, I don't, but I know he makes great trombones. I knew you know, that. He says, mm -hmm. well, it seems that he makes probably the best trombones that are being made today. Mm -hmm. He just flat out knows how to make trombones, maybe a trumpet too. So I thought, well, rather than just give up right now, I think I'll call him up. He, he Like Lee suggested, mm -hmm. I called Steve, and I didn't say too much, I, but he understood that I was interested in making a trumpet, mm -hmm. and he was not making trumpets. But he said, I'm, I've, I have it on my list of things to do to right. make trumpets. Why don't you come on up and we'll see what we can do. Mm -hmm. So I went up to Boston, and I purposely didn't take along any horn that I had really had a hand in creating. Mm -hmm. And I'd had a few that were really good. Mm -hmm. And one that I had great hopes for, but I didn't have any, any anybody who shared my enthusiasm. <laughs> so I said, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, this is a chance to start over with a clean slate mm -hmm. and see kind of where did things go? Because I like the way Steve sounded. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started fiddling around, making this, making that. And I kind of told him what I had in mind. And he seemed to think, well, yeah, we could do that. And we worked for a long time. And we did. We started with nothing. <laughs> there was not a trumpet there. Mm -hmm. And we had all the brass and the things we needed to make a trumpet. And there was I saw something in the first few horns we made that gave, it just felt right. I liked what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And then one day, Steve and I are in the, the shop working, and uh, if you could call that work, um, <laughs> just having a ball doing sure. whatever you feel like doing. Sure. And I said, Steve, won't it be great when we finally got the answers all figured out and we don't have to make any more experiments? Mm -hmm. 
He looked at me with this kind of a look on his face. He said, well, that day is never going to come. <laughs> I said, what? He said, you, you know, it, no matter where you can get to, you have to keep moving ahead. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and he's right. How mm -hmm. do you know where it stopped? Oh, this is a perfect horn? No. <laughs> you just keep going, keep making them, talking to people who play them and play them yourself. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I am right now. Yeah. And the difference is this is 15 or 20 years later. Mm -hmm. And do we have all the answers? I don't know. Mm -hmm. One of the horns I'm most excited about was you had a hand in the beginner trumpet for Eastman. Yeah. And uh, I actually have one of those horns in my studio and I take with me and have people play it and they can't believe it's a beginner trumpet. It plays so well and you know I, I say well you know Doc had his hand in designing this which is that's correct yes that you it's absolutely correct and but there was there was an approach you took with that you you were trying to to you were helping the younger player right that was the idea is put something in their hand that well, at that time, they were making a trumpet that was built along the lines. The design was such that if you were a really grown-up man and or woman and someone handed you this horn, you'd be hard put to, to keep up with it, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, it was too much horn. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, uh, I asked this guy who was from Eastman, I said, um, do you have a, a student horn? And he says, yes, I do. And uh, so he went over to Milano Music, which is a block down the street, and he came back with the horn, gave it to me, and I played a few notes on it, and I said, what bore is this? And he said, it's 460. <laughs> I said, 460? Why 460? He said, well, that's the industry's standards. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know where that's going to be heard, but I, I said, <laughs> well, they need to tell the industry to go f themselves. <laughs> he said, what? I said, an 8 or 9 or 10 or 12-year-old kid cannot pick up a horn that, of that size and do really expect, it just won't work. Mm -hmm. You need to have a smaller horn. And he said, what size do you think it should be? I said, I don't think it should be anything. I know what it should be. He said, well, what is it? I said, it should be 454, 454 thousandths bore. Mm -hmm. He says, oh. And I forgot about it. And um, a few weeks or maybe two or three months later, I was at the factory in Boston, outside of Boston in Hopedale. And they said, hey, they got, there's a package for you here from, <laughs> from China. I said, oh, really? Of course, by this time, uh, the Shires Company had been bought by mm -hmm. a, a, a Chinese company of large proportions and great intentions, plenty of money, mm -hmm. and everything you need. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, I, I opened up the package, 
and it was a, a student horn. Mm -hmm. And I played a few notes on it, and it was <laughs> on the money. Mm -hmm. It was just what you'd want a student horn to be. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot, and most everybody that works in the factory plays a brass instrument. Mm -hmm. Some of them play with the Boston Pops sometimes, mm -hmm. or other symphony orchestras all up and down the East Coast, or they play in big bands or jazz bands, mm -hmm. or in churches or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and they all played it, and everybody, everybody said, whoa, man, this is a good one. I could take this horn out on a gig. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, <laughs> this is good. It's a great endorsement. And um, it's 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 being well received. I think mm -hmm. I don't keep track of stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I I just know that I have one of them at home, and I play it up. I pick it up and play it every once in a while. And say this is a good horn. Yeah. And and my statement about it is I could actually take this horn out on a gig. I don't care what the gig is. Mm -hmm. I could play this horn every day mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and still have it be something that'll work for a young player starting out. That's a great con contribution, though. I mean, that's... Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think it is. You well, know, so. thank you. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it just came from... It was not just an idle comment when he said, what board do you think it should be? And mm -hmm. I said... Well, I don't think what it should be. Mm -hmm. I know what it should be. Mm -hmm. And tell the industry they're out of their birds entirely. You know, I was very <laughs> clear about that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm slightly jaded like that, I suppose. <laughs> well, I know you've gone through a lot of uh, manufacturers over the years. Oh, brother. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and... It isn't that they didn't mean well, but they're in such a hurry to get someplace yeah. that they can't be bothered. Well, yeah, okay, thanks, goodbye. And then they go ahead and they do what they were going to do in the first mm -hmm. place. Well, why ask me something if you don't want an answer? And and I'm that's the way I am about it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's working out. Now, look at here. Follow these horns. I know, they're fantastic. And we, uh, well... Our friend Terry Everson, I just came from his uh, thing where he played this exceptionally difficult piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, the requirements to play that, you, first of all, you gotta, gotta be a really great trumpet player. Mm -hmm. And he is. And, you, and, and he is, and you better have a good piece of equipment in your mm -hmm. hands when you play that. There's no room for cheating on notes or urging it that way or trying mm -hmm. to move it over here. It's down the middle. And boy, Terry just played it great. <laughs> Absolutely great. And the horn was right there for him every step of the way. Yeah. And he played on an E-flat. So, <coughs> you know, we were just trying to make a B-flat trumpet. Mm -hmm. Now we got really good C's. We got uh, you know the D E flats. Mm -hmm. We got and a piccolo now. Oh, an excellent piccolo. <coughs> Pardon me. Wonderful cornets, and um, 
really good flugelhorns. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're working on a, a, a get it, we got an inspiration for a, I did, for a, a flugelhorn. Mm -hmm. I, I had a, a very, very old Besson. It was probably made around 1900, maybe the late 1800s. And it, it's, it's really, it's, it's just a great horn. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're trying to get something along those lines that will play as good as that mm -hmm. does, and maybe even be a little bit better. Because those old horns, they usually had a flaw here or there. You know, they they hadn't had as many years to <coughs> figure things out, so they'd have a horn that was good in most respects, mm -hmm. but it might be a little off over here or over there. So um, we're looking at this flugelhorn thing, and great. You know, flugelhorns are used a lot more than they oh, used yeah. to be. You know, see, my my vision is this. We we have trombones, and Steve is making uh, French horns. Mm -hmm. We got cornets, we got flugelhorns, we got trumpets. That sounds like a brass band to me. <laughs> and uh, I have no doubt that they'll come up with a tuba. And I want to have a shop band brass band mm -hmm. made up of guys who work in the factory and make these instruments and, and then there's many other players who are mm -hmm. kind of members of our family. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're interested in what we're doing and we'd all get together and make some music. Have some wonderful music written and uh, let it be a representative of Mm -hmm. the the Shires Company. That's a great vision. Uh, it, it, it it's very clear in my mind. Mm -hmm. Very clear. You mentioned a second ago about uh, what Terry had played, the difficulty of the music. And as you said that, I glanced behind you at this uh, the CD that you've got now, the Lost Tapes. Oh yeah, yeah. And when I asked you about this yesterday, you said, "Well, you know, I guess this was written for you." Can you tell me a little bit about? Uh, this uh, the CD set that you've got now? Well, yeah. My friend Vinny DiMartino, uh, who lives in Kentucky, I was at his house. I can't remember what for. It doesn't matter. But um, he says, I got something I want you to hear. <laughs> so he brings out this like little CD. I said, what is it? He said, well, just let me play it. And he puts it on, and it's obviously, uh, as it turns out, a trumpet concerto mm -hmm. with a with a concert band. When it was over, I said, "Wow, that's really something." Who is that? <laughs> and he said, "That's you." I said, "Me?" He said, "Yeah, that's you with Charles Fork and his band on a Baytown, where I." played for probably, I played with Charles over, each year over 25 years, mm -hmm. and a spring concert, and uh, the bands were really something. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, only in Texas are right now. And, but I'm hopeful that the whole United States will catch up with the state of Texas and, and where they are about bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, um, when I listened to all of the tapes that Vinnie had, he gave me copies of them, you know, little CDs. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and, you know, the quality of the recording was not too good. And It was a live recording, right? This was all... Oh, yeah. yeah. These were just, you know, you go, you're playing with the Baytown, Texas High School mm -hmm. Band, and you get up and you play, and you, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on, and <laughs> whether they're recording it or not, or right. care. You just get up and play it the best you can. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and... So then I decided, well, this needs to be put out. And Vinny was behind me. He said, you need to get that out on the market. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what market? You know, and then uh, I, I got some, a lot of time went on. And uh, I was reminded of it again somehow. By just sitting down and listening to those tapes, I said, if they can be remastered or something done to them so the quality of the recording is better, mm -hmm. there's <clears throat> something here. People need to hear these. And I thought of them at that moment as the lost tapes because they had been totally lost to me. And then somebody found them in a storage space at the University of Kansas. Why that was, I have no idea to this day. Mm -hmm. I just knew I had these tapes and no master tapes or anything. Mm -hmm. But I called Jeff Tysick, and who has produced some albums for me and did a, a great job. He, he really, he's a marvelous conductor and he's a, a great composer and arranger. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you think, Jeff? Do you know anybody that can put remaster this stuff and kind of put it together and see if it's something that could be in a more useful form? Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't know. He said, it's all there, but I don't know if we can pull this off or not. Mm -hmm. Well, he put it in the hands of this guy that he knows, whom I don't know. His name is on there. Mm -hmm. And um, it turned out pretty darn good. Yeah. And then I think we tinkered with it some more. And um, then my daughter, Nancy, who is a, uh, a like a music producer uh, for television shows, mm -hmm. she makes sure that everything is accounted for, the, that the conductor, or the, the composers and the survivors, if they're passed on, mm -hmm. everybody gets what they're supposed to sure. get. And she, uh, through her work out in Hollywood, knows a lot of very savvy people. Mm -hmm. So I asked her to help me. And at first she said, you know, Daddy, uh, I know this music really means something to you, but I'm not sure it's a good idea. 
uh, you, you're going to have to spend a lot of money putting this together, and mm -hmm. then you don't know. People can come out of the woodwork. I'm a relative of so-and-so, and he did this, and, and she said, you got to think about all this stuff. So I started thinking about it, and I said, oh, I'm not giving up now. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when she saw that I was determined, she said, okay, I'll go along with you. I'll help you out. Mm -hmm. And boy, she did. I mean, what she went through with publishing companies, and, and it, it was exactly what you would expect, mm -hmm. a nightmare. <laughs> But she got safe passage for us on everything Terrific. that we wanted to have in yeah. there. And then she says, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'd like to have them available. You know, I've always had some records to sell at concerts. And mm -hmm. I think I'm really proud of what these represent. Mm -hmm. You know, what the young people that made them in the first place and and it was this was a real labor of love i mean that's the only way i can describe it mm -hmm. said all right if it means that much to you i'll go ahead with you on it mm -hmm. and boy did she go ahead she she uh did she just put the whole thing together um and jeff tyzik uh mm -hmm. worked with that guy up in Rochester, New York, who remastered everything, and, and and the guy is a genius. Both Jeff and the guy that did it. I, right. I mean, it's just it's beyond, beyond anything I could have hoped for. You've got all that, but thanks to Vinny, right, for calling you up and say, look what I found. He didn't even call me up. I just happened to be in his oh. house visiting <laughs> And you know how you get together. Well, what do you mm -hmm. what do you cook in the night? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, what do you want? Well, I know. I'll make this or that. Yeah. And uh, where can I warm up? And you know all that kind of stuff. things. Trumpet players talk about. Sure. Nothing that really means anything. But so when he said, "That's you," I couldn't believe it. I said, "I don't know about that." Because some of that stuff is very challenging, mm -hmm. um, both range-wise and musically, and just everything I, you, you can think of. And so, I just finally decided to take a plunge because when mm -hmm. I really sat down and listened to them in their raw form, I said, "There's something there mm -hmm. that needs to be." redone put in a a form where you can really make sense of it and and i think it's so representative of what um american kids can do mm. and and they're wonderful band directors mm -hmm. and the people that never get the credit and and the parents that are buying the instruments getting them lessons and keeping on them belonging to the parents club <clears throat> that was my life for years mm -hmm. that's what i did and i i loved it and so i i wanted it to be something to represent uh what 
what high school kids can really do mm -hmm. if you challenge them and you you demand excellence mm -hmm. you'll get it mm -hmm. and so any anyway uh, then she she got a a, a friend of hers I, again some young woman that, that I don't know I don't even know her name right now mm -hmm. uh, who did a marvelous job of of the artwork and mm -hmm. and putting the tunes in order and the whole thing they just it was were you able to use everything from those tapes was there anything you had to leave off that you can think of Welcome to the middle of the episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you with the support of Messina Covers. They offer some standard and custom designs of trumpet bags, mouthpiece pouches, and more. And their customer service is excellent. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And now, back to the interview. You know, I can't answer that. I, I think we were able to use... Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, about yeah. everything. Good. And... and I, I still have more stuff that's not on there. Oh, and but I I I would just be satisfied mm -hmm. to because I've always you know like I'm like a typical country and western performer. What do you do after the show is over? You go out front in the lobby and you hobnob <laughs> with the people and you, and you sell your latest album right. or coffee mugs or whatever it is you're selling and sign them and get acquainted with the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. You're yeah. good at that. Well, I don't know about that. No. But if you say so, I'll go along with I it. I think you're good at that. <laughs> well, I, I bought my copy of your CD yesterday and I'll I'll tell people on the podcast, you know, where they can where they can go to find it too. Make sure that uh, there's a link. Uh, well, with that. I, I tell you, even if you aren't a fan of uh, classical or semi-classical or however you want to classify it, that kind of music that's on that album, there's one piece on there that makes the whole thing worthwhile to mm -hmm. me. It's a tune called Billy. I have to be careful how I talk about this. Uh, Billy Cunningham was a young man in Baytown, Texas. His dad was the associate band director. And uh, he had a childhood illness that couldn't be cured. Mm -hmm. We knew he was going to die. Mm -hmm. And I think he knew it, too. And yet he was the most loving, good person that you could imagine. And he he liked to do a little pen and ink drawings. And he made a little thing about that, big like that, of a bird. <laughs> and I think that bird represented freedom to him. And... Uh, he gave it to me. And this, the piece, Billy, was written by Freddie Crane, who's a piano player down in Dallas. He's since passed away. And then we had some, a bass player and a guitar player and a drummer that we all worked together all the time. Mm -hmm. I spent more time in Dallas than I did anyplace else. 
And at this piece, Billy, it's it's the melody that acquaints you with Billy, and then there's the jazz improvisations that kind of represent the desire and the hope to escape and win the game. And he didn't. We knew that that was going to be the result. But yet, what he brought to my life was a presence that's with me always. And when something seemed insurmountable or totally undesirable, but you wish it were desirable, uh, in other words, hope, hope, that it's in that piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I said all I can say about it without losing it here. And so anyway, if they only hear the tune called Billy, that's enough for me. You can take the rest of the album, enjoy it if you want to, or hopefully you will, or whomever gets it. But Mm -hmm. it's that one piece, Billy, that I, that's why I was so determined to go ahead with this. And it, it it put me in a place to play something both slow and melodic and kind of sad about the knowledge that we're not going to win this in terms of getting over this illness. But Billy Cunningham got past all of that and he's on God's side in heaven. Hmm. Ryan Anthony. Yeah. Another great symbol for hope and determination and what an inspiration he's been to not just the trumpet world (laughs) but anybody that's followed. Look what he's done for the cancer cure Mm -hmm. alone. I mean, I I I I don't lost track. I well, I'm not even keeping track. But uh, I did talk to his doctors. And was they you know because we we're all mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. It was great to, to talk to them, mm-hmm. and they were frank. They said, you know, maybe yes and maybe no. We don't know. We're doing mm-hmm. the best we can. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we did, and that Ryan and um, uh, let me have a moment here. His he's going to be back here to do a solo in a day or two. Jens Jens Linderman. Jens stepped in there and helped. Ryan to organize this thing at the Symphony Hall in Dallas um, to fight cancer and uh, to raise funds. That's what it was about. 
And of course, Ryan was there and played and played brilliantly. But what people can't see, the piece that he played was a, a, a really a challenge when you're in the best of health. And when you got cancer to play this piece, it's not a complicated piece, but it's very demanding. Uh, Gabriel Zobo. It's a song of hope. And when he finished that, he played it perfectly. I was standing there when he came off stage and he went back behind the bandstand and literally collapsed into the arms of Jens, myself, and a whole bunch of other trumpet players. Now, trumpet players are not noted for being tremendously <laughs> sympathetic or, you know, mm -hmm. it's a tough bunch. Mm -hmm. But boy, oh boy, to see the the way all the forces were coming together and we raised millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. It was televised, you know, mm -hmm. in some form on television. I don't know what station or anything, but uh, it raised millions of dollars. And then I guess we did it maybe a second one. I don't know. You did. We it did. was a second one. And and the fight goes on. Mm -hmm. Ryan is still with us last, you know, when he's not here anymore. I'll hear about it quickly. But my hope is that and his, his wife and kids are going to be here, and he's going to receive a plaque, mm -hmm. just something that says, we love you and what you've done. You're, and I use him every day to measure things, uh, to measure the, the depth of my compassion, not only for Ryan, but for all people who are stricken with things like this. And uh, uh, we can't just go blithely along and thinking only of ourselves when there are these challenges. And uh, it it's a day-by-day -day fight for, for Ryan's life. Mm -hmm. And he is one of the most worthwhile human beings I've ever seen in my life. And I've known him for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he's much more than a really great trumpet player. He's a great human being. And we don't know what the eventual outcome is going to be at this point, but we're putting up a hell of a fight. Yeah. We're trying. And uh, uh, you win some, you lose some, but you don't, you don't show, not show up because you think you might get beat. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's cancer or a football game, whatever it is, whatever the challenge is, especially if you have a group like this, the ITG, 
the International Trumpet Guild, all these trumpet players from all over the world get together. The trumpet is a very, very challenging instrument. You can practice your brains out and give it your best and still walk away embarrassed <laughs> at the end of the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we have all these young kids that come here that are filled with hope and they want, they're so enthusiastic. Yep. And, and the, you heard Jerry Everson, that thing he played today. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's like, how did he do that? Mm -hmm. And 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 many performances every day, great players from all over the world getting together, and uh, and you know the saying is a trumpet is a jealous mistress. That truer words were never spoken. <laughs> it's challenging and it's wonderful. It's scary, uh, and. You just pick it up and do the best you can. Mm -hmm. And then when you can use that for something like cancer blows, yeah. um, it takes on a deeper meaning. Yeah. And, and, and this, you, you meet these players from all over the world here. The, the, not more than an hour ago, there was a group of guys from um, Venezuela were playing some music. Mm -hmm. It's, I guess, kind of like folk music. It's written, I don't know what it was written for in the first place, but they, I think there was four trumpet players playing it in this room here. Mm -hmm. Not for a performance out in front of an audience, but because I didn't know what it was. Well, we'll show you. <laughs> and they play, and I'm I'm stunned with what I heard. And uh, so obviously, if you're a trumpet player, you're into a world that has great promise and great hopes and great joys and uh, something that we all share. And we come together once a year. And of course, the organization goes on. Sure. We have a magazine that comes out, I think, quarterly. Right. And and I met the met, met the love of my life here. Well, I knew her before, but our our work here kind of brought us together yeah. in a way that she's pretty remarkable. Good. Yeah, yeah. She's a, an outstanding person, but she's typical of the people that belong to this organization. Mm -hmm. This this is a nonprofit. We're not trying to make money or mm -hmm. do anything other than just get together and be who we are and respect one another mm -hmm. and listen to the other guy play and then you get up and play. It, it's, it's the Super Bowl of Trump playing. I've had more conversations this week. I've missed more sessions because I've had more conversations in the middle lobby with trumpet players, and we're just oh yeah having the best conversation. Sure, we talk about trumpet, and we all talk talk about our families, and we. But oh, this is just a great opportunity to get get together, and you're, yeah. it's it's a it's a like mindset, and it's well, yeah, 
we're all united. We're totally united. Mm-hmm. And and when somebody you know gets up, or if you don't even know them, they get up to play something, and you're, it's immediately obvious that this is a very formidable piece of music that they're about to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, who better than a bunch of other trumpet players to sit there and say, yeah, man, you can do it. Come mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. instead of tearing people down or or having negative attitudes. Mm-hmm. We take what could be negative and dangerous mm-hmm. and make it a loving venture together. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, when you walk through the lobby, you see the faces and how we all all mingle and talk and carry on together. Mm-hmm. It's it's something to be a part of. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And I'm talking about the International Trumpet Guild yeah. there. Yeah. Doc, uh, I want to respect your time and thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I. Well, I always enjoy something like this, but then how often do I get a chance to do this? Well, you know, and thank you for letting me have this opportunity. <laughs> well, mutual appreciation then. So thank you for all your inspiration too. And I, I'm going to make sure that, again, I'm going to get these pieces. I think I asked um, your road manager yesterday if, if that music on that CD was, uh, the sheet music was available. And so I'll follow up with that question too to see, because I'm sure... People are going to ask, "Oh, it's where? Where can I get? Where can I get this?" Well, this is just where we were aiming to have it finished by, mm-hmm. and um, we succeeded in that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in a total, total uh, shape to, to be listened to. Uh, and when I hear what those kids did. Boy, it's 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 a tribute to Charles Fork mm-hmm. and the kids. It's mm-hmm. something we did together that uh, yeah, there's no way to measure, you know. Um, and I think you measured it pretty well because it's brought a lot of smiles to your face talking about it. Oh yeah, you know that's a great measurement right there. I think. Well, it's 25 years of pursuit in of something very special and um, uh, Philip Biggs is going to put mm-hmm. something in his beautiful magazine mm-hmm. Brass Herald yeah and I think we're going to do a little uh, Jens Linderman is going to do a, an interview with me and mm-hmm. talk about w- what it really is so people can that are, haven't had an opportunity to hear this or mm-hmm. don't know about it, it it's the first thing we got to do is get the trumpet uh, universe mm-hmm. to know about it, and, and so that that they can, if they if they want to hear, it, they can hear, it. and mm-hmm. they don't, well, they don't have to. Tough luck on them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Um, it's it this ITG. I I think the biggest part of all of this is the ITG itself. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for quite a while. Forty four years, I think. Right? Uh, yeah, something I think like that. That's what I heard today. 
<clears throat> and um, I, I find that occasionally people who don't know anything about trumpets or particularly have no interest in what what our organization is, mm -hmm. they once they 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 come here and they hear it and they say, "Holy mackerel, this is something else." Mm -hmm. It's like having a ringside seat for a great football <laughs> game. I'm, I mm -hmm. mean, who's going to emerge victorious? <laughs> is it going to be the trumpet or the players? Yeah. <laughs> and and God, you will. Oh well, yesterday mm -hmm. the the uh, recital they did at the big. Uh, oh, Barbara Butler and uh, yeah, Chris Martin. Bar Barbara Butler mm -hmm. and um, Chris Martin. Mm -hmm. Their their performance at that cathedral was. Beyond mind blowing, and the organist was spectacular. Oh yeah, yeah, it it was perfect, mm -hmm. and I've never heard two trumpet players get up and play music of, of that difficulty, mm -hmm. and yet the the preeminent part of the whole thing was the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. It was just. Exciting and beautiful. I've I've never heard trumpet playing better than that mm. in my life. Wow. And Chris Martin and Barbara Butler, they were just at the, at their very best. And that organ player, he had his hands. <laughs> that was it was a great venue for that too. Everything just worked beautifully together. I thought so. Uh -huh. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you never know what they're going to come up with this in this thing here. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a good place to, and there are lessons of life here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you get into conversations that are very meaningful that are not about music at all. They're about life itself. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a conversation I was having with a young man before we started our interview. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he, he, he wanted to talk about some really important stuff. What happens when you die? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm looking forward to finding out. And um, there's a book called Proof of Heaven written by a, a world-famous uh, neurosurgeon who died, and he, he, he really died, and then he came back. Far, he was out there a lot longer than people usually can survive, mm -hmm. and he he lived to tell about it, and um, uh, life is filled with those little things that seem. Now I heard about the book Proof of Heaven, so I saw the guy being interviewed, and yeah, you say, well, 
is there a heaven or is there not? That is not the point. It's, 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 it's there may be, but what if? And, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it, to me, it just ties into this, this whole thing here. Mm -hmm. and, and that neurosurgeon, by the way, wasn't one of the big hospitals in New York or Los Angeles or something. He's from somewhere in Virginia. Mm -hmm. and, and yet he is, I guess, if not the greatest, well, I don't know how you grade brain surgery, but yeah, uh, he yeah. survived and he wrote this book. Mm -hmm. And if anybody wants to be inspired and uplifted, and it's not a religious book, mm -hmm. it's it's a uh, it's a book about a subject that we don't usually want to talk about: life and death. Not comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Sure. Right. right, not comfortable. You're right, right on the money there. Mm -hmm. But, and to me, that's what this is here. Yeah. Guys, you, you got guys come in here that are just scary to death with the, how well they play. And then other people who are just kind of getting into it. Mm -hmm. And young kids who are really good. And, and it's, they got questions and and they want to talk about these things and I sit here all day and marvel at these people. Mm -hmm. You did. You sat here for a long time today. I know. Yeah, the, I did at this booth. We're going to wrap up. Okay. Thank you. And uh, thank you. I'm sure I'll see you again at another ITG. Cool. How about tomorrow? Or how about tomorrow? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> thank you, Doc. Okay. Thank you again for listening to today's interview. I hope you enjoyed your time here, and please come back for more interviews. Be sure to share the news of this podcast with friends and colleagues and give me a rating on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Thanks again to Messina Covers for co-sponsoring this podcast. Don't forget that you too can be a supporter. Check out how at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl. And one more reminder that you can sign up to receive news via email regarding new episodes, merchandise, and more by going to palmusic.net and clicking on the subscribe to newsletter link. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back for more great interviews.